Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. How Great Thou Art is a lovely hymn that Christians love to sing. It has a line in it that says this, Thy power throughout the universe displayed. And how true that is. The magnificent power of the Creator Himself can be seen from the far reaches of the universe to the invisible atomic building blocks of our world. But God's power extends to far more than creation. He has the utmost power in the courthouse of heaven, the power to condemn and the power to pardon. Our destinies are in His hand. But praise God, he has the authority and power to forgive sins as well. And all of this in the power of Christ, the wonderful power of the cross for poor guilty sinners. But there is another power at work in the presentation of the gospel message, the power of choice. Yes, your choice. You have the power within yourself to either accept or reject God's offer of salvation. In today's message, evangelist Mr. Dan Schott takes a look at some aspects of God's power and he also considers the sinner's power, as it were, to choose God for himself. Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, and verse number 4. This is Christ speaking. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9. And I'm going to break into a short story about the Lord Jesus healing a paralyzed man. And I just want you to notice verse number 6. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. And one last reading, then please, in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse number 10. Words written about the Lord Jesus himself. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Verse 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons, actually the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. I don't think you're going to have any trouble at all recognizing that the theme that connects these verses that we have been reading is the idea of power. I think all of us recognize that power is something that we see exhibited in our world. Just a couple of weeks ago, some of you who know me know that My wife and I were at home with our daughter-in-law and our little granddaughter and started storming outside. We didn't think too much about it. There weren't any sirens or alarms that went off, and we walked into the living room of the house and looked out the window. And what we saw scared us half to death because very quickly a real powerful storm had arisen. 
and there were branches and pieces of the neighborhood flying around, and we grabbed the baby, and we ran for the basement, and I'll tell you, if you've never been through a tornado before, and people tell you it sounds like a freight train, that's exactly what it sounds like. Now, God was very good, and the tornado was up in the air. It wasn't actually touching the ground, but that powerful funnel went right over our house, picked up a tree in the front yard, smashed three cars in the driveway. That's why I have a new car right now, because the old one is just scrap metal. Tremendous, almost indescribable. I want to tell you about the power that is seen in these verses. Because in Romans chapter 1, I want to tell you about the power of the Creator, His eternal power and Godhead. Secondly, in Luke chapter 12, I want to tell you not now about the power of the Creator. I want to tell you about the power of the court of heaven. Listen to the words of Christ. Don't be afraid of people that kill the body. Are you serious? I'm afraid of people that kill the body. But listen to what he says. Be afraid of him who has the power to cast into hell. Number three, I want to tell you about the power of the crucified. I'll tell you what, what kind of a gospel meeting would it be if we did not tell people about the great power of the cross? Listen to these words, some of the most thrilling words in all of the Bible, that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth. What will we take from John chapter 1? Just this, the power of your choice. As many as received him, to them he gave power, the authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You know what that verse tells me? There are some people who make the wrong choice. They fail to receive him. They fail to depend on him. They fail to come into the value and the worth of his work and of his blood. Thank God for the power of the choice of those who have chosen to receive him. And in this meeting tonight, there are folks, and you know, you don't always know what preachers can see. I see a lot of things up here. One of the reasons I love to preach the gospel is I just watch Christians every once in a while. They just close their eyes just for a minute. And I know what they're doing. They're not sleeping. Not when I'm preaching. Hmm. You know what they're doing? They're thanking God for the day that they ever received His Son. Thanking God for the great blessing that has poured into their lives. Friend, have you ever had a moment like that? If you haven't, may God help you tonight as we think about the power of God to receive this one who has the power to forgive sins. I want to tell you first of all about the power of the Creator. Because we have read a very remarkable verse here in Romans chapter 1. And what this verse tells us, very interestingly, is this. That there is no such thing as an atheist. You say, oh man, how did, how did you get that into a gospel meeting? I, I'll tell you how. I'm just coming at the text. It says this. That the existence of God is something that is shown to every man. I'll never forget a radio interview I heard a few years ago. A man named Alvin Plantinga, who is a Christian philosopher at the University of Notre Dame. And uh, a man asked him, he said, what is the greatest single proof of the existence of God? You know what he said? He chuckled. And, and then he said something brilliant. He said, because you know it's true. I thought that was great. Where did he get that? He got it from Romans chapter 1. Because you see, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal 
power. I want to tell you tonight about the power of the Creator. When I look at the starry heavens, when I look at the world around me, when I look at the microscopic world that teems within each one of us, I, I don't care whether you want to study general relativity or quantum mechanics on either end of the scale. Every single particle of our universe proclaims the great power of our Creator God. I want to tell you about one of His great powers, and that is just this, to see into your heart. You know, a number of years ago, back in 1999, my mom and dad were coming from their home and coming to my home. They stopped for a night at my grandmother's house. Somehow and sometime in that night, my father died very suddenly. He was the picture of health. He did everything, as far as I can tell. He did right. He ate good. He exercised. He took care of himself to the best of my knowledge. But very suddenly from a heart attack, he just went from this earth to heaven. I'll never forget the first visit that I made to my doctor after that happened. He's a friend of mine, and I was telling him about my dad passing away, just kind of chatting quietly together. And suddenly he interrupted me. He didn't usually do that. He's pretty polite. He said, you're scared, aren't you? Well, I never had a doctor ask me about my state of mind. He was usually asking about the state of my body. But he said, you're scared, aren't you? And I said to him, you know, I, I am. If my father, who is 67 years old, could suddenly die of a heart attack, well, I guess then I could just suddenly die too, couldn't I? And he smiled and he said, you know, I'm, I'm going to do you a big favor. He said, I'm going to send you to the hospital. And he said, I'm going to order some tests. He says, I'm going to give you a stress test. He said, I don't think there's a thing in the world wrong with you. But he said, I want you to feel confident that everything is all right inside of you. So I went to the hospital. I don't know if any of you have done this. Some of the older people here maybe have. You ever have a stress test? And they put you on the treadmill and they walk you till your legs fall off. But here's the cool part. They had an ultrasound on my chest. You know what I could see? On a great big screen about the size of this pulpit. You know what I could see? I could see my own heart. I've seen a lot of things in my lifetime. I have to tell you, I think that's probably the neatest thing I've ever seen. Inside my own heart, I could see the blood going and the valves opening and the heart beating. Really cool stuff. I could see past my clothing and past my skin and my bones and my rib cage. I could see my own heart. I want to tell you tonight that as impressive as modern medicine is, may I remind you again, there is a God who sees your heart tonight. And his message to you, be sure your sin will find you out. I appreciate doctors who can look for heart disease and clogged arteries and plaque buildups and all of the things that all you medical folks know about, and I don't. But I want to tell you what I do know about tonight, and that is this. There is a God in heaven tonight who has the power to know everything about me. You know, I've spent all my life trying to keep people from knowing all about me. <laughs> and I hope you'll appreciate that you've likely done the same. Because our human hearts are not all that attractive, actually. I mean, we do our best to dress ourselves up. We do our best to show a few manners. At least most people do. You know, we try to make a good impression on people. We don't deliberately set out to expose the dark and seamy side of our character. We want people to see us and to like us and to think well of us. Isn't it shocking to think tonight that there is a God who has the power to see your heart? 
I tell you, I remember before God saved me, it used to make me just squirm, literally, in a gospel meeting. When I began to realize that the secrets of my heart, God knew all about them. God has the power. You listening? God has the power to see the real you. He sees you in your sin. He knows every thought. He hears every word. He understands every motivation. God knows all about you tonight. He has the power. He has the power to see your heart. You know, I want to think about this second one for a minute. Because I want to think about the power of the court of heaven. You see, the God who is able to find out our sin is the God who has the power to bring every sin into judgment. I've never been a, a policeman or a part of the judicial system. But you know, I think likely in many ways that must be a very frustrating job. Because with the slightest amount of thinking, you have to realize that they have to make decisions every day. What crimes are we actually going to try and stop? What people are we going to try and arrest? Who are we going to try and prosecute? Who are we going to try and incarcerate? Because the bottom line is, <laughs> no government, no authority in this world really has the power to completely and pervasively deal with the problem of sin in our world. So there are some things that rise to the level where people have to be arrested, people have to go to court and ultimately go to jail. There's a lot of things just go by the way. Dear friend, tonight I want to tell you about a God in heaven who cannot let one sin slip. I wish God would forget about some of my sins, don't you? I wish that God would just kind of deal with the big bad guys, the Osama bin Ladens, and the Adolf Hitlers for senior citizens. God ought to deal with the criminals and the terrorists and the rapists and the people who cause so much mayhem and problem in our world. But my sin? Really? God cares about me? Yes, he does. And I have a message from the lips of the Lord Jesus tonight that are powerful. They are penetrating. They ought to cause all of us to stop and think very profoundly about them tonight. Do not be afraid of them who kill the body. Be afraid of him who has the power to cast into hell. I've spent my entire life in public speaking. A lot of it having to do with the gospel, but a lot of it having to do with my career and other things. There's a lot of things I would like to talk to people about. I would enjoy talking to you about technology or talking to you about things that interest me. Tell you about history or philosophy or other things. Things that we might be interested in, things that we might enjoy, things that might be illuminating. But you know, I would not be a faithful servant of Jesus Christ if I did not tell you what Jesus Christ told people. Be afraid of him that has the power to cast into hell. You know, I've been in a few courtrooms in my lifetime, and I have seen some people who came in at the beginning of a trial and they were supremely confident. You know, they had gotten a nice suit and gotten a good haircut and gotten a big lawyer, and they strut into the courtroom exuding confidence. 
making it look as though they're absolutely certain that they're going to be exonerated in every point. And I have seen the moment when the jury is summoned from its deliberation. And the judge says to the jury, have you reached a verdict? And the answer is, yes, Your Honor, we have. And what is the verdict? Guilty. Guilty. And I've been in courtrooms where it seemed like all of the air was sucked out of the room. And the big man in the big suit with the big lawyer shriveled before your eyes. Because with all their power and money and influence and confidence, this was something they couldn't beat. The power of the courtroom. I don't know what you're depending on tonight to be right with God. But I want to say, as your friend, do not think that you are going to stroll into the presence of God and negotiate with Him over the matter of your sins. Because in the courtroom of heaven, every mouth will be stopped and all the world will become guilty before God. Man, you ought to tremble in your seat tonight at the thought of one who not only sees your sin and your guilt, who has the power to cast you into hell. I want to tell you about this third one, because what I've preached so far is not exactly good news for anybody. But the gospel is a message of wonderful news. And the wonderful news of the gospel is encapsulated in this marvelous statement from the Lord Jesus. The Son of Man has power on earth. Not to condemn sin. The Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. I wonder tonight, there's somebody here that would like relief from your sin, that would recognize that your guilt is evident before the eye of heaven, and to recognize that the Lord Jesus, who tonight would love to be the Savior, is ultimately going to be the absolutely inflexible judge who is going to condemn souls to judgment forever and ever. You listen carefully. He's the one tonight that has the power to solve the whole problem. He's the power tonight to forgive your sins. He's the power tonight to deliver you from ever facing God's judgment because the judgment of God was laid on him. You know, we live in a silly world. Television and the media are filled with the Oprahs and the Dr. Phils who tell us, well, you know, all you need for life is just to forgive yourself. And by the way, I'm just going to give you a little social commentary. I have no idea what that means. And personally, I think that's probably the stupidest statement that has ever been coined. There is no such thing. I'll tell you what there is. There is forgiveness from God. Not a wonderful thing. That the Lord Jesus Christ who went to Calvary and suffered and died and shed his blood in the place of guilty sinners. The Lord Jesus who has satisfied the claims of a holy and a righteous God. He's the one who is able tonight, on behalf of God, to forgive you. We don't have that kind of strength. Both of my children were saved through the same verse. A couple of years apart, but it's a verse that means the world to me. It's Romans chapter 5 and verse number 6. You know what it says? It says, when we were without power, without strength, in due time, at just the right moment, Christ died for the ungodly. Amazing message. Amazing truth. Amazing power. Friend, tonight we're not asking you to do anything because there's nothing you can do. 
We're not asking you to somehow reduce the effect or the power or the quantity or the guilt of your sin. You can't do it. What you need is forgiveness tonight. And in a scene of utter and complete and total inability, we are without strength. The Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. What a Savior. What an amazing work. What a tremendous accomplishment the cross of the Lord Jesus is. I'm so glad tonight that I'm depending on Him. I don't have anything else. I just was a guilty sinner. One night 50 years ago, I discovered that Jesus died for me. And all the power of the cross, all of the power of the crucified, all of that power became good in my soul. I received the forgiveness of sins. Friend, there's power in this man, the Lord Jesus. And there's power in this cross, and there is power in this message. Romans chapter 1, the gospel that we preach is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Let me talk about the last point just real quick. I want to tell you about the power of your choice. I had an uncle that was very dear to me. He was a very funny man, a very pleasant man to be around, and he loved children, and children loved him. But my uncle made a choice when he was just 14 or 15 years old. You know what that choice was? He chose to start smoking cigarettes. Now, I'm not here to give a temperance speech, but I'm just going to tell you the facts. He chose to smoke cigarettes. Last time I checked, you can't smoke cigarettes for anybody else. He chose to do it for himself. But you know, my uncle developed lung cancer, and I watched my beloved uncle slip away from us as a consequence of his choice. I wouldn't have chosen that for him. His wife wouldn't have chosen that for him. His two daughters who loved him dearly, my cousins, would not have chosen that for him. His doctor wouldn't have chosen it for him. Nobody in their right mind would have chosen it for him. It cost him his life. I lost my beloved uncle. But you know something? It's his choice. I want to tell you tonight that you're going to make a choice. Everybody who hears the gospel makes a decision, makes a choice about what they're going to do with the Lord Jesus. You know, I'm just going to say this in case somebody here is going to do something foolish. There are some people who think that they can delay that choice. But to delay in receiving Christ is really just saying no to Him. So you choose tonight. You know, there are a lot of things I didn't get to choose in life. I'm left-handed. I didn't choose that. I'm blue-eyed. I didn't choose that. I have male pattern baldness. I certainly did not choose that. But you know something? God has left the big choice. Who cares what hand you use? Who cares what color your eyes are? Who cares how much hair you have on your head? Doesn't matter. But the big choice, the choice for eternity, God leaves to you tonight. Listen to the words of John, the beloved apostle. As many as received him, to them he gives the power to become the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. Dear friend, tonight you choose well. You choose Christ. And the great power of his salvation will be unfolded in your soul. May God help you tonight that you might not perish beneath the power of his wrath, but that you might be saved by the power of the Son of Man who has power to forgive sins.
Yes, the sinner has the power to receive or reject Christ. We all have a will to choose. So what is your choice? Have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? We hope so. But remember this, delay is also a choice, a choice to reject. If that describes you, then delay no longer. Receive Christ and his work on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and rejoice in the power of God to forgive you. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.